Oh. We're going to pass the uh, sign-up sheets for the leadership brunch. We want you to sign up for that. And if you want to come to, out to the connection class and you have not signed up yet, there you go. Thank you, Pastor. You know, you know, the worship this morning was amazing. Amazing. You know, I'm sitting up in the front row, and I'm seeing just God just, just doing some amazing work. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that touched my heart more than anything, I believe, was my wife was, we were singing that song, down on my knees. Of course, a lot of times I don't pay a whole lot of attention to words, but I'm so caught up in the, in the music itself that I kind of don't always remember the words. But as I was sitting there, my wife got down on her knees and began to worship the Lord and enter into a time of just His presence. The repose of sun. I don't know if you've seen that. But the repose of sun came over and gave my wife a tissue. Some of you may think, well, that's just a tissue being offered. But you know, when I seen that, that, that shows me the reflection of what kind of parents this young man has. An amazing, you guys are doing a phenomenal job with those children. I, every time I see them, I'm just like, I'm so humbled by the fact that we have this amazing couple here with these two amazing children in this place. You know, uh, if you weren't here about three weeks ago, I think I have heard, I think for the first time I've really heard a, a message that really moved my heart like never before. And it was when Pastor Doug and Cindy got up, how many were here? Actually, they didn't get up, they actually sat down because they came up here and they sat down up here in the front. And they began to pour out their heart about some of the things that Cindy and the family have been going through since the enemy had come and uh, struck with cancer, uh, her body. But as they began to open up their heart and begin to just be real, because, you know, our pastors are, are very real with us. You know, they're not here, they're here. And they're all about serving. They're all about giving of their hearts and being so open and transparent. But I was really blessed by that. And you know, even though that we see all the great things God is doing in our lives, we, we know that we serve a God that is, is a, a God of blessing and prosperity. Amen? Look around you. I'm amazed to where I was when I was brought up uh, in a, a family of seven kids that we walked around with shoes with holes in them and pants that we were up to our knees because we were so poor we couldn't afford them. But over the years, as I began to serve the Lord and began to apply His principles to my life, I began to see the blessings and the prosperity over our family. But you know that even though in the midst of prosperity, even in the midst of blessings, we sometimes encounter situations that don't always look like God is good. Do you understand what I'm saying here this morning? Life sometimes, and as Manny said last week, the evil that is brought upon us through the enemy, which is the devil himself, we encounter these situations that 
have a tendency to try to get us off track of seeing how good God really is, even in the midst of the trials and tribulations that we have. Some of you may not even be old enough to know what a trial or a tribulation or a storm looks like. But if you live long enough, you will face these issues in your life. I'm sorry to put a cap on that time of of worship and that time of just God pouring out this morning. But life is not always, if you want to use these words, fair to us. But God is always good in the midst of your worst situation. John speaks in chapter 16, a verse that I learned earlier on in my life, in my Christian walk, and this is what Jesus said. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble. Now, we don't like to hear that word trouble. We don't like to have bad situations happening in our lives. But earlier on, Jesus told the disciples, and he's telling his people today, that in this world that you live, you will have trouble. I don't like having troubles. I don't like having hard times. But it's a part of life that even though we have them, we don't have to live in them. He says, but Jesus said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What did he say? No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what I'm going through this morning, Jesus says, take heart, be of good cheer. For I have overcome every obstacle and every situation in your life if you focus your heart and your faith upon me. But so often, and pastor said this morning, so often we come in here and our minds are out there and out there. We're focusing on those issues of life that we're dealing with. This is a special time when we come into a place like this and the, the anointing is just flowing. And this morning I kept hearing the Lord say, feast at my table, feast at my table. Because when we're feasting at the table and the bread of life is being, we are, we're just feasting on his goodness and his joy, the peace that he offers to us. He spoke about that earlier on. He spoke about it earlier on, and we need to begin to understand what God is saying here. He suggests you might be in the thick of things right now. You might be going through some hard times. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world and the world system. You know, storms and hard times and troubles come in many different shapes and sizes. Now, I'm not talking about hurricane storms and tornadoes and twisters and all these big storms. You know... If you wake up in the middle of the night and your baby is crying because it's got an ear infection, to me, my children are grown now. But to you that wakes up at 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and have to rock your baby to sleep because he's got an ear infection or the car just broke, whatever it may be, that can be a storm in your life. To me, I'm sleeping away, but you're over there with your newborn who is struggling just to get back to sleep after being woken up by just a noise or something. All of us have different types of storm. They come in different shapes and sizes. I think about Cindy and Pastor. Man, I hate to see people that are sick. I hate seeing people that the enemy has come with a heavy blow and the storm winds are blowing against us and blowing against their faith. 
But at the same time, I am so overwhelmed with joy to know that when, when the enemy strikes, that the children of God say, no, I am not going to take this abuse. I am not going to let this storm affect my faith and my attitude toward heaven. That's where it's all out, people. I'm going to tell you that right now. I know that back in 2016 when I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, my world was rocked. My world was rocked, man. I, the storm, the winds were blowing hard against me. I had just went into business for myself. I knew that I had to provide for the family. And all of a sudden, I go to the doctor and they said, yeah, you, you got a tumor behind your left eye. Man, the, it rocked my world. I was in so many different places. My emotions were up and down and all around. And I called Pastor Doug and Cindy, and they came right over, and they said, and I remember Pastor saying, and I've said this before, what are you going to do about it? Paul, what are you going to do about the situation, this storm that has struck against your faith? And I said, you know, the God that was, the God that I serve is the same God that I served before the tumor, and he'll remain the same God in the storms of life, and he will continue to be the same God. And if just that alone has kept me looking toward heaven, kept me going forward because I wasn't going to allow this storm wind to bring me to a place or belittle me or belittle the God that I serve. But what is a storm? What is a storm? It says it is a powerful disturbance in the atmosphere that can bring about chaos and destruction. It is, a, it, it, is, it, it is a disturbance that takes place in the atmosphere that can bring chaos and disturbance. It's our choice this morning. It is our choice this morning, as Nicole was saying, that we can set in the storm and do nothing about it. We can set in the storm this morning and let this chaos just eat us up, or we can choose to continue to lift our eyes toward the one that can get us through. The title of my message this morning is Living the Life of the Unexpected. Living the Life of the Unexpected. I don't like unexpected things. You can ask my wife. I don't like a whole lot of surprises, whether it's good or bad. I have a hard time with that because the way my mind works, and, and I'm really trying to overcome this, and I'm, I'm resting in the Lord, and I'm asking Him to, to really bring a deliverance. Because all of my life, it seems like I've been in a storm. I don't like surprises, but we, even as a Christian, even as in this Christian journey, we live in a world that brings unexpected news to us. But the question is, how are we going to live? How are we going to respond to those things that come to us in those unexpected ways that aren't always pleasant? The thing about unexpected situations and storms is this. I have never had a storm. I've never had troubles. I have never had a situation in my life that was coming against my faith to call me on the phone or email me or text me and say, hey, at 3 o'clock on Friday, I'm coming your way. The winds are going to blow against your faith like never before. Have you ever had that to happen? 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, phone rings. Did that phone call call you last week and say, hey, I'm going to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and just tell you that your brother just died or, or whatever? No, it doesn't do that. We live in a world that's very uneven, un, it's, it's very rocky. But if your faith is centered in Christ, 
We can ride the storm through. We can ride it out. But I don't like having those calls. I don't like being disturbed or bothered by those unexpectedness that comes through life. I'd like to read from our text this morning, Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, about another storm that took place. I hope you got your Bibles or your Bible apps. It's so important, people, that we do that, that we keep that in our forefront of our minds. I mean, because you can read a lot of things in life, but there's nothing like the Word of God that continues to keep us on the straight and narrow path, the one that continues to give us peace and, and hope in the midst of stuff that takes place. But it says in verse 35 through 41, we read this, and it says, That day when evening came, he says to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, I want you to know something this morning. That's very important for you to, to grasp this morning. Earlier on in, this, in the lives of the disciples, Jesus said something to them that we all must grasp, and that, and that is that what he just said. He's just leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. A furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Listen to this. Jesus was in the stern Storm going on, and he was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, didn't seem like he was in a hurry, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Don't you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We have to understand that Jesus had just picked his 12 disciples. They were in a place of excitement. They had been out with Jesus on this healing campaign they had witnessed miracle after miracle like never before. They didn't quite understand this miracle worker. They didn't quite understand who this man Jesus was. But by faith, they said, I want to follow this man. There's something different about him. But yet in the midst of all the miracles, shriveled hands, palsy, dementia, all these different diseases, cancers, all kind of fevers leaving bodies. They witnessed all this stuff. Man, they, were, they had seen it from the front row. They were, they were excited about this. They were like, whoa, I don't understand this guy. But there's something about him. I want to get to know this man. Miracle after miracle had taken place. And in the midst of all that, we find Jesus saying, I am tired how many of you know what ministry is all about? You know what going out and praying for people and, and ministering to people is all about. It is draining at times. It is draining. So here's Jesus. He's doing what he was called to do. 
He was ministering to the people. He was bringing encouragement. He was bringing healing. He was doing all these great things. And the disciples were sitting there. They were seeing these things. And they were saying, man, I really want to do these things myself. And in the midst of it, Jesus becomes tired. And he says to them, it's time to go to the other side. Now, I want you to know something this morning. This resting wasn't for the purpose of retiring, but for the purpose of regrouping. Listen to what I'm saying this morning. I don't believe ever there should be a word coming out of the life of a Christian saying, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire. Now, what are you going to retire from? People? God has called us to minister to the hearts of people. Yeah, as long as you're alive and upright walking, your people is going to be around you. And God has called every one of you. Even though you may not see yourself as important, God has called you to that place. So here's Jesus and the disciples getting ready to engage in one of the biggest healing campaigns the world has ever seen. So Jesus says, let's get in the boat. I want to go to the other side. I want to rest. I want to rest and I want to regroup. And I want to, I want to talk about what the next days were, was going to take place. And so we see here that they get in the boat and the storm comes. Some of your greatest ministry and your greatest days are ahead will be challenged by the storms of life. Some of you right now are on the verge or in the midst of a storm that is challenging your faith. But Jesus says, keep your eyes focused. So what is the first thing we find that in the midst of your storm, in my storm today, I'll bring it to, 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 to earth today. That was back then, but I'm saying in your storm today, what do we see in God's word this morning that will bring us encouragement while you're in the midst of what you're going through? In verse 35 and 36, we, we see these words. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. The first thing I see that while we're in the storm, we need to know and understand that God said that we will make it to the other side. But so often in life, we get caught up in the storm and we forget what God has told us. We, that's why it's so important, people, that we understand God's word for what it is. We need to be focused on who God is and what he has said to us. Some of you this morning are in a storm. Some of you are going through something that you're thinking, man, I, I don't think I'm going to make it too far. I feel like I better just give up. Some of you are sitting in a place of nothingness right now because you've allowed the enemy to bring those lies to your mind that say you're not going to make it through this one. When that brain tumor, when those lies came, I have been through a lot of storms in my life. I've had my youngest sister to be murdered in Richmond, Virginia. I have been three overdoses when I, before I got saved. All these things happened, but when I look back, and now that I'm in the, in the faith and I'm walking this thing out, there, there's been a lot of trials and a lot of heartache and a lot of brokenness in my life. 
but I do know this, that now with Jesus in my life, I will make it no matter what to the other side. You know, God is calling all of us to go to the other side, every one of you. And sometimes I get around people, and because I'm a sensor, I can feel, even in the life of my brothers and my sisters, hopelessness. It breaks my heart. I have a hard time. I feel like a schizophrenic kind of guy, like, what's going on here? I feel, feel like I want to say something to this person. I, can't, I don't want to say it, but I feel people sometimes. I walk by them, I feel hopelessness all over them. They don't even have a clue that they're in the midst of something, but Jesus said, you'll go to the other side. You know, storms have a way of throwing us off course. Storms have a way of throwing us off course if we are not focused on what the Word of God says. But I got good news for you this morning. And some of you can testify to this, and Cindy can testify to this this morning, and I'm sure of this, that the greatest part of your life is just around the corner. I want you to own that this morning. No, it's not for brother so-and-so. No, that's you. That's you. And if it's not happening now, down the road, when the storm winds blow, when the storm winds blow against your faith, we think we're exempt from storms, but we're not. John says, when you're in this world, you will have trouble. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to walk in it, but just know it's there. Just knowing that it's there gives us victory in itself. John 10.10 says this. Everyone should know this. The thief comes to steal. He comes to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. The fullest of grace, the fullest of joy, the fullest of power, the fullest of anointing, the fullest of prosperity, the fullest of blessings in your life. It's tough right now. It could be tough in your life. And it's kind of hard to see where is God in this picture. But when we go back to his word, that's why it's important that we store it up. Store it up in our minds. Store it up in our lives. And apply it to our life. I think Nicole said it. Apply this word to your life and walk it out. It's not going to kill you. It may make you feel like you're going to die. Sometimes it's tough. Man, I mean, I'm fighting even with this brain tumor thing. One day it's going to wake up and it's going to be gone. I know that. I'm believing God that thing is going to dissolve. It's going to be gone. By faith, it's already gone. But there are moments I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, I get this headache, and, and here's the doctor's voice. Yeah, now when you get those headaches, your mouth starts twitching and you get kind of weak. I wake up and I got a headache. The devil says, you're going out of here. I'm taking you out. I said, I'm taking you out. I'm taking you out. You're the ones going out. And I get up and I chase that devil out of the house. I walk out. I, I told Cindy this, I get up in the middle, you're out of here. You're out of here. I, you, no, I don't want you in my house. You're out of here. Well, that's what it's all about, man. We can't stand by and just let it happen. Another thing that storms have a tendency to do is they have a tendency to bring about great and tremendous amount of fear. Scripture says here, in verse 37, it says this, a furious storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Okay. Okay, here we are. You're out in a boat. You're in the midst of a storm. Jesus, he's in there sleeping. He's doing the right thing in the midst of a storm. He's in there kind of chilling out, resting, knowing that everything's going to be okay. 
But here's the disciples. The storm comes up, and they go, and they, they are, begin to believe that the storm is going to take them out. But they were so full of fear because the Scripture says that the boat was not sinking, right? But it was nearly swamped. Nearly. Right? Not it was swamped. It wasn't filled with water. But doesn't fear magnify the object that we're going through? Right? It said it was nearly swamped. It wasn't like, hey, Jesus, uh, the back of the boat is now down in the water. The, the rains were coming in. Yeah, the storm was real. It was a real deal. It was happening. You know, but to think about this, it had to be a tremendous storm. It wasn't just your baby's got an earache, you know. These guys were professional fishermen. And when they say a storm is, has come and was blowing against them and fear was there, it must have been a bad storm. They said the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Galilee, was a place of tremendous storms. They said that storms just happen to pop up. Just like I said earlier, the storms on that lake, the sun could be shining, and all of a sudden, because of the location between the mountain uh, peaks and where the water and the winds blew through, at any moment, the storm could come up unexpectedly. Bad storm. And these guys were facing a bad storm, but yet, fear gripped their heart. Rightly so. The boat wasn't going down. Jesus was in the boat. Jesus was in the boat with them. But fear has the ability, if it gets out of hand, to cause us to believe and project things that really don't exist. I call them what? Mirages. Yeah, they're just mirages. Every one of you are probably got a little laugh going on inside you because you know you've, always, you've already been through that. You get a phone call and the first thing, oh my God, oh, it's mama, it's daddy, it's my children, it's... And it's all just a phone call. Hey, how you doing? Just want to invite you to a picnic next week. You know, I painted all kind of pictures in your mind. Man, the mirages. But because fear, because fear has the ability to project these things. And we fall for it. Even the disciples, man, they were so fearful. They, they went to Jesus and said, oh, my God, we're drowning. Jesus, don't you care about us? Man, they were saying all kinds of stuff. They were thinking, man, we're going down for sure. This is it. This is my last fishing trip. I won't even get to see this new campaign of healings because the storm was so bad. Fear had gripped their hearts. It's not a joking matter. I've be, I have been there. I fight that sometimes. But then I have to be brought back to reality. I remember one morning, 2 or, two or 3 o'clock in the morning, at the time I was fighting this brain tumor thing, and McKay was sleeping in the other room because I had a double ear infection, bronchitis, and I had the flu, and I had this newly diagnosed lie. It's true that it's there, but I believe that God's going to move it out. But I'm in the other room, and I'm, I'm on the floor, and I'm crying. I'm so scared, shaking, just literally shaking, that I'm going to die because of this. I'm going to lose potential light, light I mean, extremities, hands. I'm going to be walking. I'm going to have all these, th- all these things going on in my mind. And I'm on the floor, and I'm crying. And I heard the voice say, have I ever let you down before? Have I ever let you down before? I said, no. He says, Paul, I am your best friend. And friends don't let, other, friends don't let people down. And I said that I, just, I was just broken. I was just laying on the floor crying, crying, crying. And from that moment on, I knew that everything was going to be all right. 
But fear has the ability to paralyze us. It really does. I don't like standing and speaking about negative things, but I do know that these are real issues that people deal with on a day-to-day basis. You may be fine right now. It's just like when the, they jumped, the disciples jumped in the boat. Man, the sky was beautiful. They were going to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to go to the... But all of a sudden, this wind and the storm starts breaking out. And they were like, who are these people? Who are, who are you? They're probably blaming each other, probably saying, Peter, here you go again, your big mouth. You told us to get on the boat. You know, you said everything's going to be okay. And you're probably saying, man, Peter, you're messed up this time. We're not going nowhere. We're going down. But Jesus was in the boat. Another thing about storms is this, and I love this. We need to grasp this, is that disciples went to the right source for help. Back to verse 38. Let me repeat this. It says, And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? You know, fear is a natural response to adverse conditions and situations of life. It's a natural. It doesn't make you no less a Christian. It doesn't make you a little less a person if you're dealing with something right now and you're a little on the fearful side. It's a natural response. But you know, they didn't give up in the midst of the storm, but they rather they turned their hearts to the one that could calm their fears. It says that they went to Jesus to see him do something great in their lives. You know, storms give us an opportunity also to exercise our faith. Can you, can you imagine right now what your faith would look like? Some of you have been saved for a long time. I've been walking in the faith a long time. Can you imagine if you never, ever had any problems? I, want, I know one thing. I, I don't like hard times. I don't like hardships. But I am thankful for the results when we go to the right source for help. Think about that. You know, the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience by the things he enjoyed in life? Party time? No, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. None of us like suffering. We don't like pain. But thank God that there's pain to let us know that something is just not right. And it gives us an opportunity to go to the right person to see the situation resolved or dealt with in our lives. You know, people go to a lot of things in their lives to deal with their issues in life. Some people go to drugs. Some go to abusive alcohol use. Some go to gambling. Some are workaholics. There's so many different things that people turn to instead of turning to Jesus first. You know, I'm one of those people that I'm I'm a man. You know, I'm I'm like a guy with with a bow and arrow. I just want to get it done. I'm thankful for my wife who says, look, I know you want to go to the moon, but you really don't know how to get there. Because <laughs> all men want to go to the moon, but they need someone to give them step by step, right, a plan to get there. I would probably go over to, I'd go over to Mars. I'd probably end up on Jupiter and Saturn and all Uranus. I'd be on all the planets except the right place. But I'm thankful today that because of my wife and her being there and say, Paul, let's take a step back and let's look at it 
in reality. And then we sit down and we reason together and we say, let's take this thing to the Lord. He's the one that can give us the true, the true answer, the true uh, way to deal with the matter at hand. Number four, and the fourth thing that we can do in the midst of the storm is this. It's comforting to know that Jesus is in the midst of the storm with us. It says that Jesus was asleep. But do you know that I would rather have a sleeping, tired Jesus in the midst of my storm, right? All right? To have a tired, sleeping Jesus in the midst of my storm than to go through a storm without him. Since he was sleeping, he was chilling. He was the only one on the boat that was doing the right thing in the midst of the storm. You know, because like I said, when we get caught up in the emotions of a storm, we don't even get, it's hard to hear the Father's voice. But when we zero in and we go to him and we talk to him and we say, what's this all about? He's going to let you know what it's all about. He's going to give you information. He's going to give you power to deal with that. You know, he's going to give you the joy to be able to handle the situation at hand. But I am so glad that today, even though there are moments when I don't know that Jesus is around, he is. I could not live life without him now that I know. And we were talking about that the other day. Some friends and I were talking about that. And I said, man, looking back, man, how does people do it? How does people live a life of nothingness? Especially when trials and tribulations and storms strike. But I would rather have a sleeping Jesus in the midst of the storm than have no Jesus at all. And the last thing is this. In the midst of the storm, we need to be proactive in in your life. Think about that for a minute. We need to be proactive in the midst of the storm. I love what Cindy said a few weeks ago when she was setting up here. She says, resting doesn't mean that we don't do nothing. Resting and not doing nothing means the enemy's got the upper hand. Resting is an attitude of confidence in the one that can see you through. That's what it is. Resting is knowing that God in the ship, in the boat, with you, in your storm with you, that everything is going to be fine. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to be able to go to the other side. He said, I ain't going to take you to the other side. It says in verse 39 and 41 concerning storms. It says that he got up from his sleep and rebuked the winds and said to the waves, quiet, be still. That's what he's saying to you today. Quiet, be still, storm. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And then he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? You know, so often people think that the disciples had no faith. That they were just a bunch of dumb old fishermen. Fished that lake many times before. And then the storm comes up. And they're scared to death. But we need to be proactive in the storms of life. Not just setting back. Not just resting in the fact that, you know, 
that everything's going to be all right. Because you know the enemy, as I said, is out to kill you. He's out to rob from you. He's out to steal from your life. We weren't born to be robbed. You understand? We were not, we were not born to have the enemy to, 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 to steal from us. But sometimes we just sit back and we let the enemy just run all over us. But Jesus did one thing that I love. The one thing about this Jesus, this, the Jesus that I serve is, number one, he not only says something, but he does something about it. And it says that Jesus showed his disciples how to handle the storms of life. In other words, he got up and he spoke to the storm. He spoke to the storm and he said, be quiet. You will not rule over this boat tonight or the today. And that's what you and I need to do this morning. We need to come to a place where, you know, the Bible says greater he that's in us than any person or anything in the storms of life. Some of you are sitting right there saying, well, I don't know about this. Well, if you're a Christian and the power of heaven resides within you, you have the authority And Jesus said that when he took his 12 disciples. He said, I'm giving you authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to speak to any storm. And we've got to come from a place of here up to here. We've got to come up to where the Word of God says, this is who we are. But so often we just walk around. Jesus, I have given you authority to speak to the storms of life. The one thing about it was that he called the storm for what it was. We think, well, if I say I, uh, uh, the enemy has struck me with cancer or whatever, there were weak Christians that, we, that were like lack of faith. You know, the one thing about this passage of Scripture is that he, one thing about these disciples is I did some study on that. People said these disciples just kind of followed Jesus. But they had a measure of faith that Jesus endowed them with at that particular time. They had just gotten saved, if you want to use those words. They were just beginning to see great and mighty things happen. Jesus got up and he didn't say, well, you have no faith. What he was really saying here was this. The faith that you have, exercise it because it's inside of you. If you're a born-again Christian this morning, if you know Jesus and you have a personal ongoing relationship with you, all of heaven resides within you. There's nothing in this earth that could bring you to bring you down. And this is what he was saying. Disciples, I... God, do you realize who you are? You have the authority to say that wind and that storm, be still, calm down, and it will calm down. But we got to come to a place, people, that we believe that. Man, we, it's sad when I see people walking around. You know, in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, Paul says this. We believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but we're not sure. But whoever wrote that book says, I want you to lift up those feeble arms that hang low. We sometimes walk around like life is about over. God has called us to a life of abundance, a life of fullness. But we allow the enemies to come in and try to take us out. You're great. You know, I'm going to tell you, your life is just getting ready to do something great and powerful. You need to begin to believe what Jesus has spoken over you and has said about you. You cannot continue on the path that you're going. I cannot continue to go. I want to go higher. The song says, higher and higher and higher. Man, it is so high, it's unbelievable. And it's so wide and deep, it's unbelievable. God has got such a great plan for us. Let us stand. I would like to have the prayer team come up here this morning.
you know, the Lord, the other day I was riding down the road and I was saying, Lord, how am I going to bring this message to an end? Every one of us going through trials and tribulations of life and storms that strike. Jesus said they would happen. For, most, for a lot of us, they've already happened and they, they will continue to happen. And God has, uh, gave us the authority, the knowledge, and the power that we need to excel in the midst of storms. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you really want me to say at the end? And man, there was such a demonstration of truth or of confirmation this morning. I was just totally blown away. Because as I was riding down the road the other day, the scripture came back to my mind that I hadn't heard in a long, long time. And I was just, I was just broken. It's just so good. His love is so good. He wants to let you know that he is there for you this morning. No matter what you're going through. It may be a storm like I lost my job or I'm going to lose my job or I don't have money to pay my mortgage this, this week or car payment or everyone has their own little storm, their own little situation in life. But in Psalms 46, 1 through 5, we find these words. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in time of trouble. So we compare that with John 16, where it says, in this world you will have trouble. But he also says this, that God is our refuge and strength. And a sometimes present help in trouble? No, ever help. Consistent. I'm going to let you know, your wife not, might not be there consistently, your pastor may not be there consistently when you're going through something, or I may not be. But I know one who is and who will. Verse 2 says this, Therefore, when you hear that word, therefore, your ears should just go, whoa. You should, go, you should be going like this. What is he going to say? He says, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. He says, if you know he's there, we will not fear. Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and the winds blow and the foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river. There is a river. Yes, Jesus. Whose streams, whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. And verse 5 says, And God is within her. She will not fall. And God will help her at the break of day. You know, I think about that. Because when I first got saved, I was so messed up. Fresh off the streets of drugs, three overdoses, Life was a mess. And the Lord said, there is a river. People used to tell me about that. They would tell me about the river that I could be cleansed by his blood and that I could live a life of hope, peace, and joy, even in the midst of struggles. 
You know, maybe this morning you're going through something in your life and you're fearful. I know what fear is about. It's not a pleasant place to be. But Jesus said this morning, there is a river. I believe this morning was just a small demonstration as we were worshiping this morning. The river was beginning to peak. And I believe this morning, right now, that this river is still flowing up here. I, I really believe that Jesus said, and it says that, that I would be in the midst of the river. My question is this morning, are you going to take advantage of it? Pastor said that this morning. Are you going to take advantage of this river that flows from heaven's throne? Are you going to do that this morning? I'm going to open up the altar for anyone, anyone. I'm going to tell you right now, if you've got fear in your life, if you're feeling like I'm overwhelmed right now, I say to you, do not sit there in that chair. Do not walk out of here with that lie. Do not walk out of this place without being dunked and dipped in the river of God's love for you. It's the only way you're going to continue to make it in this life. People so often try to deal with life like, uh, on their own. But there is a river. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to take a step back myself because you know what, I need that that fresh river water flowing over me this morning. I invite you up here this morning. Don't let anything keep you back from coming forward. You may not be going through something, but you may know someone that it is. You may have a family member this morning that's not doing too well. You may have a son or a daughter that may be going through some issues in life. Come to the river this morning. Come to the river this morning. This is where it's happening. This is where God will meet you. It says that He abides in this place. And I believe this morning, right now, that God is going to do a great thing in these hearts. I believe these people that are taking a step of faith will walk out of here a changed person. Where there was no sunshine when you walked in this morning because of the, the problems of life, I believe the sun will be shining in its full strength by the time you leave this altar this morning. But you've got to be willing to come forward. You've got to come forward. You've got to own what your situation is this morning. Do not walk out of here without God's touching you this morning. Come and feast at the table. Come feast at the table. Come feast at the table this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. God is going to do something special here this morning. That's right. Don't, some of you right now, God is knocking on your door. He's knocking on your heart and you're resisting. He's saying, come forward. You don't need to be in that storm by yourself. The situation that you're facing right now, you don't have to face it by yourself. He says, I didn't die on the cross. I didn't die on the cross. I didn't, I didn't come back from the dead so that you could continue to live in your misery. God is saying, come forward. You may think, well, it's just a small thing, but that little small thing can add up. That little small thing, it can destroy you if you continue to walk in it. God is saying, come forth this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Keep coming. Keep coming. Don't give up. I don't care. Don't let that little lie keep you back from one of the greatest joys of your life. Being set free this morning. Come forth this morning. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Yes. I need some more people up here praying this morning. Thank you. Need some more people come up here this morning praying. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Need some more prayer warriors up here. Need somebody to come up and pray. We've got some young ladies here. Hallelujah. I'm going to close out this prayer. I'm going to close out this service this morning with prayer and a blessing. And you can be dismissed. Father God, I thank you for those who are here. I pray, God, that you would meet my sisters and brothers even now in their car going home. If something comes up, if something has kept them back from coming forward this morning, I pray that as they leave this place, that your presence will overwhelm them with joy and peace in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for your work right now. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for coming.